it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm on cloud nine right now. The, the abs, they just pulled off the overtime victory over St. Louis. I'm not sure there is anything more stressful than sudden death overtime in the NHL playoffs, but we got a bunch of fun stuff to talk about today. In a little bit, we're going to talk about Colby Richardson, the defensive back that is transferring to CSU from McNeese State. We are going to briefly talk about Marcellus Burlington, who had decided to return to San Diego. I saw some people online speculating that that might be because David Roddy has already decided that he's coming back. but. Yeah, the combine is really just starting, so that's not the case. And quite honestly, I would I would start wrapping your heads around the idea of him staying in the draft because it just it seems like he is quickly rising up NBA draft boards. Before we get into all of that, the NBA playoff action is nonstop over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, the DraftKings Sportsbook Same Game Parlays allow you to do just that. It's where you create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds. Boom, you have a shot at even bigger money. Right now, all customers can place the Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. Not going to lie, I have had bad luck with the same game parlay of late. I keep coming up short, but because of this option twice now in the last week, I've gotten a chance at redemption, get a free bet back, and then, you know, sometimes I use it on hockey or something else, or sometimes I, I give another whirl at the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we have a lot to go over, so I'm not going to get sidetracked here, which we all know I occasionally do. But that DraftKings read, it, it has me feeling a little bit petty. All I'm going to say... Now that Giannis, now that Joel Embiid are both out of the playoffs, the, uh, the talking heads are real quiet regarding Nikola Jokic and the legitimacy of his MVP, which was always just a ridiculously stupid narrative to begin with. I know they have bigger fish to fry at the moment, which is just going after CP3 for choking in the playoffs again. 
But when it comes to the Kendrick Perkins, the Nick Wrights of the world, they can go ahead and keep Nikola Jokic's name out they mouths. All right, let's, let's jump right into this next level Rams update. Trey McBride has agreed to his four-year rookie deal with the Arizona Cardinals. These are pretty standard at this point. There's some negotiation that goes on as far as the signing bonus and how the deal will be structured and all of that goes, but there's not really any drama. You know, when I first started watching the NFL in the early 2000s, there was a lot more drama regarding your draft picks and, you know, whether you were actually going to be able to sign them or not. It, it just doesn't really feel like that happens anymore. But it, it's clear that, you know, Arizona is invested in Trey. He has been all over their social media. It just seems like he is winning them over the same way he won everybody over in Fort Collins. Obviously, just a really good dude, really, really humble guy. Uh, out on the football field, I mean, you know, he's obviously cocky and, you know, well, well, no, not cocky because cockiness, I don't like that term. He's confident. He's confident. And he has a swagger to himself. That's really what I was trying to say. But he's always just been such a cool dude. And it's been neat to see. Some of the behind-the-scenes footage, I don't know if you guys followed it on Twitter, but the Arizona Cardinals posted some behind-the-scenes footage from draft day, and it was just their GM and Cliff Kingsbury kind of going back and forth about Trey and you know how much they love him. They didn't think that he was going to be there when they were picking, and it was just cool. It was, it was really cool. It seems like it's going to be a good fit. Not going to you know spend a bunch of time on that. I already did basically an entire podcast talking about why I think it was a, a perfect landing spot. You know, again, it would have been cool for him to go in the first round, but then there's just a a completely different level of, of expectation that comes along with it. And historically, tight ends take a couple of years to develop. And I just think it's good that, you know, have a veteran like Zachard so they can lean on early. It's not like they're going to expect Trey McBride to be an all-pro right off the bat. They do have high hopes for him. I think they do think he can be one of those elite tight ends in the NFL based on, you know, the way that the coaches and, and the GMs talk about him and some of that content that they're posting. But it's just important to remember that historically, you know, tight end is a position that takes a couple of years to develop. And that makes sense. You know, you're just, you're going up against a completely different caliber of athlete. You're now being covered by professional defensive backs who, you know, are more physical and, you know, move better than they do at the collegiate level. And, you know, NFL linebackers, that's a, that's a completely different animal. But you know that Trey's going to grind. You know that he'll you know, bust his ass. And it's just really exciting. I think it's a great opportunity for him. Really, really happy that he landed in a good spot. Yeah, the other news that we have regarding CSU or former CSU players is long snapper Ross Reeder has signed as an undrafted free agent with the New England Patriots. Is CSU long snapper you? Many are saying it now. I mean, between Trent Siege and, and Ross Reeder, the Rams, you know, low-key looking like a, a nice spot for specialists to attend. But honestly, when I saw the news, it it seemed perfect. Reader definitely feels like a patriot, somebody that, you know, in an obscure position, but is just obsessed with the details of their craft and absolutely loves what they do. I mean, nobody is into long snapping more than Ross Reader. And I mean that as a compliment. Former teammates, former coaches, they you know, they've all made jokes about it. You know, hey, like, this guy is so into long snapping, but again, I mean, you love to see it. You know, you you love to see the dedication, the passion. And one of the things I, I always enjoyed watching him do was after he snapped the ball, just watching him hustle down the field and, you know, trying to make a play that way. It's not a glamorous position, but when you don't have a good long snapper, things can go wrong 
so quickly. I mean, it can be devastating to your team. So again, I'm, I'm not surprised that someone like Bill Belichick, who, you know, again, is very infamously, you know, in love with the little details of football and, you know, just doesn't overlook anything would, you know, notice a guy like Ross Reeder and want to bring him in. Yeah, you know, best of luck to Ross moving forward. It, it definitely would not surprise me to see him, you know, carve out a, a nice professional career for himself. He definitely has the work ethic for it, and we will all be rooting him for him. Yeah, the other rookie will obviously all be rooting for is is Ryan Stonehouse. And, you know, I think he's going to be on Tennessee's practice squad. I, I haven't seen anything about his contract yet, but Brett Kern, who's been punting in the NFL for what feels like 30 years now, uh, restructured his deal. So he's basically only going to be a million dollar cap hit to the team. And he kind of had to, I mean, Kern was, he's coming off of a year in which he missed three games due to injury. uh, One of his worst years statistically in his career. I think it's the worst actually. And a month ago in interviews, head coach Mike Ravel was, you know, pretty frank. He was like, we need to punt better than we did last year could be a situation where they give Kern one last shot. You know, he's been there for like 14 seasons, so I don't think they're just going to kick him to the curb unceremoniously. Although, I mean, you never know. It's a it's a pretty ruthless industry. <laughs> but I think they probably keep him around on on the practice squad and you know, maybe he's the starting punter for Tennessee. Oh my goodness. Maybe he is the starting punter for Tennessee in 2023 or maybe he gets picked up by another team. I've said it before, I've said it again. He was the best punter in the Mountain West Conference. I don't understand how four punters got drafted and and not him. I know there are some criticisms, particularly early in his career, that he would outkick his coverage. But I think also you're underestimating his hang time. You're underestimating his directional ability, which he really put on a show for scouts at Pro Day. That's kind of what I thought was going to separate him from some of the other ones and just when you hear the ball come off of his foot, it sounds like a freaking cannon, man. It's it's crazy. So we're obviously all rooting for for Trey and Ross and Stoney and, and some of these other guys, you know, Cam Butler, Barry Wesley, both got a rookie mini camp invitations with the New York Giants. We'll see if they are able to get a training camp invite later on. Moving on to some of the more established guys, we've got Richard Higgins, who finally moved on from Cleveland. He signed a one-year deal with the Panthers. It sucks because for basically the last two years, he signed team-friendly deals with the Browns in hopes of kind of replicating that success with Baker Mayfield that he had established on a couple times. They had really nice rapport, and it was clear that Baker liked him, didn't get along with some of the old coaching staff very well, and has basically just been misused throughout his entire career. Now he signs a one-year you know, team-friendly prove-it deal with the Panthers. He, he should you know be in the mix for their wide receiver four role, you know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are their one and two respectively. Terrace Marshall Jr., speedy guy who they drafted out of LSU. I imagine that's who they would want in the slot, but there's still going to be an opportunity, obviously, for for Higgins to, to see the field and potentially to be impactful. A little bit worried that he's in another dumpster fire situation, just a sinking ship of a, of a franchise who... <laughs> can't seem to figure out the quarterback position and their coach might have one foot out the door. I don't know. It just kind of sounds like Carolina is not a great organization based on a lot of the stuff I've read. But ultimately, I just hope that he's able to go out and have a good enough year to earn another deal, whether it's with the Panthers or elsewhere. Because I just, 
I feel like Richard Higgins has been misused and, and the small opportunities that he's been, you know, given a chance to actually, you know, be a part of the offense. He's made the most of it. And you could say the same about BC Johnson, who, you know, he's coming off of his rookie deal or he, excuse me, has one, one year left on his rookie deal coming off of a torn ACL. I, I think there's a role for BC in Minnesota. Um, again, probably as that wide receiver four, much like Higgins, he has produced when his number has been called in the past when he's had to play for, for Thielen, who's been injured. He'll play special teams. He can block. And you have a new head coach there in Kevin O'Connell. You know, that LA Rams offense very frequently was, you know, three, four wide receivers. So I do think there's a chance for BC to get on the field and, and make some plays. But he's in a hard spot, you know, just being real. You're playing behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, who are obviously going to be just a massive part of the game plan. They're paying those two a ton of money, so they're going to scheme the ball to them repeatedly. BC's going to have to just kind of make the most of, of small opportunities here and there. And, you know, the other thing is, obviously, what is his relationship like with this new staff? You know, he was very close with the Kubiaks, you know, has told me before that, you know, Gary Kubiak was the reason Minnesota even felt comfortable drafting him. I do worry a little bit if, you know, he is a little bit slow out of the gate especially coming off of this injury, if he doesn't wow the staff right away, that they just kind of, you know, form an early opinion on him and decide to move on before it even he even really gets an opportunity. So we shall see, you know, I, I think that BC will be on the on the Vikings this fall, but it'll it'll definitely be a, a very important training camp preseason for him. He has the talent. Like if he, even if he gets cut by Minnesota, I, I do think he would get another shot elsewhere. Maybe even Denver, where Clint Kubiak is now. It just sucks that he's in the last year of a contract, coming off of a torn ACL with a new staff. I mean, that's a that's a lot of factors working against you. And obviously, the the Viking situation as a whole is is weird because I think they're going to be expected to be relatively competitive this year, just given you know you have those receivers and you have Kirk Cousins and you have Dalvin Cook. But they've just, they've been such a letdown, you know, time and time again. Anyways, uh, always rooting for BC. He bought a house in Denver in the last year or two, so he is in a good spot. But I just think he needs a a shot to prove himself, you know, very similar to Rashard Higgins. Uh, Preston Williams, also kind of in a prove-it year, signed a one-year deal to stay in Miami. But they have like 10 receivers on the roster, and pretty much all of them are established at this point. Obviously, Tyree Kill, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs trade, that was the big addition of the offseason. He is going to be a massive part of their offense. But they also drafted Jalen Waddell last year, and he led all rookies in receiving yards. They signed Cedric Wilson from Dallas, so he's no longer kind of stealing catches from Michael Gallup, but might be stealing catches from Preston now. You know, they signed a couple of rookie free agents, so I don't, they brought in River Craycraft, former Bronco, back in Super Bowl 50, guy Peyton Manning loved. So I, I just worry that he's going to get lost in the fold a little bit. But I think the other thing that he has going for him is he's kind of a, a bigger body than some of those other guys. You know, Waddle, Tyree Kill, very speedy. Cedric Wilson, you know, probably their slot receiver. Maybe Preston can kind of carve out a role as, you know, a red zone specialist or a guy that they move the chains with. I mean, before he got hurt, he was playing pretty well for the Dolphins a couple of years ago. Just just going to need an, an opportunity to prove himself. And again, you know, a lot of other talented receivers around him. And, and much like BC, you have a new offensive coordinator in Frank Smith, new head coach in Mike McDaniel. Although 
I kind of like that for Preston because McDaniel is, you know, kind of credited along with Shanahan for doing a lot of that innovative stuff with Debo Samuel. I think he would look at a guy like Preston, who's just a freak athlete and, you know, like I can, I can figure out a way to make this work. All right. I'm going to talk about Michael Gallup and Shaq Barrett in just a second, but real quick, I got to talk about sexy pizza. If you've ever been to any of our Broncos tailgates, we had sexy pizza at every single one and they do not miss. What is sexy pizza? You're asking? Well, Let me tell you, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets, a hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with a wide range of toppings or try one of their own signature philanthropies. A portion of every sale of one of these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. You gotta love that. If you're looking to have Sexy Pizza support your organization or event, go to www.sexy.pizza. Check out the About page for the donations link. See how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. If you're just hungry, though, whether you want a 12-inch, a 16-inch, an 18-inch crust, Sexy Pizza is sure to have the right fit. Get all the fixins with wings, salads, pastas, knots, dessert options, and more. They have vegan options. They have a delicious 12-inch gluten-free crust. No matter what you get, I'm telling you, they do not miss. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, or Park Hill. And if you are out in Trinidad, they opened a new location out there as well. Personally, I'm a pepperoni pizza guy. I love their pepperoni. Get some of those knots. Fire. Sexy pizza. They're the bomb. Cool, cool, cool. Now that we are all nice and hungry thinking about pizza, let's continue talking about more nerd stuff. Why don't we? And let's talk about Michael Gallup. He signed a five-year, $57 million extension with Dallas. They they picked him over Amari Cooper, who they ended up trading to Cleveland. Interesting. I, you know, I'm I'm buddies with Ed Werger a little bit from ESPN. We've had him on the pod. I'm gonna try and get him on again this summer. We had him on two summers ago to kind of talk about this situation. Cause I think a lot of people were were surprised. Amari was really productive during his time with the Cowboys, but Ultimately, they are banking on the combo of CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup long-term, and that's a really solid duo, if you ask me. What I'm excited about, you know, aside from Amari Cooper being out of the, the picture now, is, you know, so are Cole Beasley and so are Cedric Wilson. If you've listened to this pod since I started doing it, you know, a couple years back, one of the things that was always really frustrating, especially if you had, you know, Michael Gallup on your fantasy team was, you know, is it going to be a Michael Gallup week? Is it going to be an Amari Cooper week? Is it going to be a CeeDee Lamb week? And then every now and then you'd get, you know, Cedric Wilson would come in or, you know, uh, Cole Beasley, you know, or uh, Dawson Knox. Like they would all just play spoilers and he'll still have to deal with that a little bit, obviously, but this is a really big year for him. You know, the expectations are going to be massive. They picked him over Cooper. They paid him. The Cowboys fans, the Cowboys organization, they're going to want results. But, you know, I, I couldn't be more stoked for Michael. It, it was awesome to see him get that extension. Obviously, he earned it, and the dude is just so talented. I mean, his hands are insane, but it's the body control, the, the ability to manipulate and contort himself in the air. It's, it's wild. If I had to bet, out of all of the athletes that I've covered in my career, Michael Gallup would probably be the most likely to be able to win a, a gold medal at the Olympics in you know, gymnastics. Like he's just an insane athlete. It's, 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 it's crazy. He's built of muscle. Like I remember, you know, you'd see him 
out in training camp when they're wearing, you know, the short shorts and the t-shirts. And the dude literally just, it's just muscle top to bottom. Like he's a crazy athlete, could not be a nicer person, could not be more humble and is in a great spot. I mean, obviously there are big expectations and pressure that come with that deal, but he's also, you know, put himself in a position these last couple of years where he's produced enough to earn a a life-changing deal. I mean, five years, $57 million, that's generational wealth. So that's, that's incredible. Super stoked for MG. We all knew he was going to be a baller. Like nobody had any doubts about him succeeding. Shaq Barrett, CSU fans knew he was a baller. NFL teams, not so much. They passed on him, obviously ends up, you know, shining in Denver, then gets, you know, passed around due to crappy politics. We've talked about that so many times on here. We're not going to go into it. Ultimately goes out to Tampa Bay, wins a ring, signed a four-year, $68 million extension with Tampa that is super team-friendly. His base salary is only like a couple million this year. Gets the rest of a signing bonus. And then his base salary in 2023 jumps up to like $15 million. I-, I talked about this a little bit when we talked about potential landing spots for Trey McBride. Tampa financially has just gone all in on the last couple of years, very similar to Los Angeles. And that's great. You know, this year they're should run away with their division, which looks terrible, should be in position to contend for another championship. I would love to see Shaq get a third ring. I'm not so sure about, you know, moving forward. There is like an, there's an opt-out option after 2024. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, once Brady moves on and the Buccaneers kind of have to rebuild, if we end up seeing Shaq sign another deal with somewhere else or, you know, get moved or something like that. But, Potentially a really big year for the Buccaneers. And obviously, if Shaq could ball out, it would be fun to watch him do it. They're going to be on prime time the whole time. That's what's great about uh, Gallup and the Cowboys, too. You get to watch all those games. It gets a little bit annoying, you know, that we have to watch every single matchup in the NFC East, even out in Denver. But it makes it a little bit, you know, more tolerable when you get to cheer for Michael Gallup in the process, at least. Um, Warren Jackson signed a futures reserves deal which you know basically means after being on the practice squad last year, they wanted to keep him around enough to uh, agree to a deal in the offseason. So he'll have an opportunity to earn a roster spot. The Rams love to go to those multi-receiver sets. The tough part, obviously, Cooper Cup and OBJ ahead of them, two of the better receivers in the league. They did move on from Robert Woods, though, who's now a Tennessee Titan. So, you know, you never know. You never know. It's at least encouraging that the Rams liked what they saw enough last year to you know, not let him hit the open market and potentially go to camp with somebody else this spring. I don't know if you guys noticed this when I was doing uh, just some background research for this. I did not realize that Ty Sambrilo retired during uh, the last NFL season. Just wanted to congratulate him on carving out a respectable career. He got thrown into such a terrible situation. He got drafted higher than he should have, forced to play at left tackle while he was injured for a team that one through five was just absolutely terrible on the offensive line. Basically got baptized by fire. Um, you could make the same argument for Garrett Bowles, to be honest, but just a really horrible situation. Ends up going to Atlanta where he is able to, you know, one, score a touchdown, but also, you know, just be a, a reserve tackle in their rotation and then went to Tennessee to last in the league as long as he did after the way that his career started is is pretty dang impressive if you ask me. But he is kind of an example of, you know, why obviously I wanted Trey McBride to go first round. But when he went second round, there was a part of me that was 
a little relieved, you know, when you get drafted higher than you maybe should, even when we love the player, you know, it just puts insane expectations on you. And it's just a, it's a different role, you know, the politics of the NFL and, and draft capital, it can get, it can get complicated at times. All right, we're 24 minutes in now. So I'm actually going to hold off on the Roddy talk. I'll just talk about it tomorrow. Uh, same with Colby Richardson. We'll talk about CSU football recruiting. I will talk about David Roddy, all the rest of that stuff. But just briefly to introduce it, since I I did bring it up a little bit, Marcellus Erlington had visited CSU, big beefy forward out of San Diego. He ultimately removed his name from the transfer portal, has gone back to San Diego. I saw a lot of speculation. You know, Maybe he knows that Roddy's coming back. The timing of that doesn't really add up because Roddy hadn't competed in, in the combine events yet. But uh, I, you know, I, I just want CSU fans to know. Obviously, I would love for Roddy to come back, but I think it's time to start wrapping our heads around the idea that it's more likely that he stays in the NBA draft. I just think he is quickly rising up of draft boards, and that's great for him. You know, it really is. So. I'll talk about it again. I'll talk about it more on the next pod as well as a recruiting update for CSU football. We'll get into some other stuff as well. I have been working on some position preview stuff. I I know I've had less written content the last couple weeks. I've been working on some long form stuff. So I'm going to have a lot more dropping here in the next couple of weeks. Appreciate you all for your patience. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to some of this off season stuff that we are going to talk about. I hope everybody has a great week. Stay cool out there. Much love. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man 